Hello and welcome back to the Summercast. My name is Summer and today's episode is all about respecting those in authority, so let's get right into it. But before I do, another disclaimer time. I, again, I'm not a professional and also I missed last week's episode. I'm so upset about that. It's only because this phone that I'm using to record these things decided to not cooperate with me. It was being silly and yeah, it just didn't want to work. So we'll be pumping out those episodes every single week again. We got that fixed. So I'm going to start off with a bit of a story time and it is about a teacher. And for the sake of privacy, we're going to call him Mr. Sir. So Mr. Sir, he's not really your happy-go-lucky, bright, fun teacher. He's a bit monotone to say the least, but Overall, he's still a pretty good guy, and I just wanted to say that he's- I have nothing against him. He's a good- good dude. We're all cool now. But unfortunately, most of the students that I go to school with, they don't really like him that much. And they just make his job harder for him. So, well, we're usually in class, he's teaching, whatnot, someone throws a pencil at him. And it's getting to the point where it's becoming a really bad issue. It went from like, oh, throwing like one piece of paper, pencil, whatever, to like people throwing a whole box of pencils at him. And some kids have been suspended over this. Like they just don't like him. Like they keep constantly interjecting and stopping the class and like distracting everybody. It's just making his job really hard for him. And I don't really understand it. Like he gives us minimal amount of work and the work that he does give us, he actually guides us through it. And we get it done by taking notes. Not that hard. All you gotta do is just listen to the dude. <laughs> so my that's why I just I just don't understand why people give him such a hard time. Like what the principals did say, like um because the issue is so bad, like it was getting out of control. The principal had to step in. He said that his teaching methods are different than what we're used to, and we need to kind of adapt to him. And I agree with that. And I've adapted now. It's been we've had him for like a couple months now, and. I've pretty much adapted to that and I'm actually somewhat learning. I'm doing pretty, pretty good in this class. Like I'm learning and actually kind of understand the material. Now I'm not really good at history, so I'm, I'm actually really surprised I've been doing as well as I have been. I've never been good with history. I don't really know why. It's just like knowing the names of these like old dead dudes and all the dates and whatnot. It's just, whew, it's a lot to take in. And so, um, I applaud him for actually letting me understand it, even though I don't even ask any questions in this class because it's just like I can't I can't even get any time to ask him anything because by the time by the time he even gets halfway through the lesson, class is over because these kids just keep like distracting him and like making his job harder, like I said like three times. But anyway, so he has his method of teaching is like different. So Usually in the beginning of the class, we like listen to the news and we write down some things. Like there's like a sentence and there's a blank. We write down that word. Good to go. And then once we're done with that, we get into the lesson. And lesson's pretty simple. It's usually like a, the next section. We usually go one section at a time. Or if we didn't finish a section, we do that one. Wh- whatever, you know, we, we go one thing at a time. And then we... Like, after that, after that's done, we're, we're done, basically. And then, um, usually by the end of the week or whenever, we get, we review it, and we have a study guide, and he goes over it thoroughly, and I mean very, very thoroughly. And people who fail his test have no excuse, because he's literally going over the material 
like two days in a row and people still don't seem to understand that but yeah so that's what we do in class and that's usually we or well if we have like a test we usually do like a game um usually <laughs> but yeah so oh speaking of games the last test we had we had a review game for and we were picking the names and i remember <laughs> um for my team I, I was gonna pick the name and everyone was like talking over me and stuff and he's like guys be quiet this is the first time that Summer has spoken in my class. So you get to pick the name. <laughs> and I just thought that was so funny because it's so true. I never speak in his class. I'm usually like quietly trying to listen. But yeah, and I got to pick the name and we actually won and both teams got bonus points actually. And our team got five and the other team got three. So yeah, and it was pretty good. Like he see, he gives us bonus points. He gave the other team bonus points even though they didn't even win. So, he's a pretty nice guy. None of our other teachers do that. Like, if you don't win, you don't really get anything. So, so yeah, that's why I think he's, like, a really nice guy. And plus, when, like, I've talked to him outside of class, too. And he's cool. <laughs> he's not, like, mean. He's only mean because these kids have to make him that way. Because they won't respect him and be quiet for five minutes. So, that's why he's mean. Like, <sighs> it, just, it just frustrates me. But, yeah, so that's it about um mr sir for the most part i might come back to it later but anyway i wanted to um give some bible verses and examples from the bible about respecting those in authority whether we agree with them or not so god made the government as like a representation of his authority and he made it for the welfare of all of us because after the fall and before the flood people weren't doing so hot like there, there was so much wickedness and corruption going on, even worse than it is nowadays, and that's saying something. And so after the flood, God was like, okay, you guys can't really take care of yourselves, so I'm going to have to have some government authority here on earth for you guys to listen. And so that's what he did. It's for our good. It's not to make our life harder. It's, again, for our own good. And so we should pray for those who are in authority of us, over us, regardless of whether we like them or not. And I would like to read a verse about that. So 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 2, it says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all goodliness and honesty. I'm pretty sure that said godliness. <laughs> but yes, so we are supposed to pray for those in authority above us. Like if our... If our president, if he's not feeling good, we pray for him. That's what we got to do, whether we like him or not. And um, just like with teachers, if you don't like them, you should still pray for them anyway. Like if the teacher you don't like is sick, you should be like, oh, glad he's sick. You know, you should be like, I pray that he gets better. And like even with our parents, um, the Bible obviously says it's a commandment. One of the Ten Commandments says, honor thy mother and father. And so by doing that, like, even if we think, like, they're annoying, like, at one point, like, hey, you're, you're a teenager, we're, I'm a teenager, we all think our parents are annoying for, like, no reason. We should still pray for them, like, anytime. You shouldn't even get mad, shouldn't complain, just be like, okay, I pray that they can, like, cool off and, you know, feel better, like, if you have, like, an argument or something. But anyway, so as Christians, we have to respect the government authority as we respect God's authority. Because if you don't respect the government, you're basically saying, I don't respect God. Because you can't respect one and not the other. So there's a couple verses that deal with this. And it's in Romans. And because it's Romans, it's very long. So for sake of time, I'm just going to shorten it down to one. 
So this is Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 7, and it says, Whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation, or in other words, judgment. So if you're resisting the power of the government and the authority, well, not, not necessarily the government, but like if you're resisting power of any authority, then you're basically resisting God's authority. You're saying like, I don't like this guy. And by saying like, I don't like that guy that's in charge of me, you're also basically saying, I don't like God because he's in charge of me. So that's why you should not resist that. Because if you resist that, you will receive some judgment. Like, and that's not good judgment. Not saying like, oh, you're bad. That's it. No, you will get, you'll get what's coming to you basically is what I'm trying to say. So there will be some major, major consequences if you resist any sort of authority figure. So even if you disagree with someone that God has put in charge of you, you still have to listen to them and you still gotta like obey them. Now see the word obey, it sounds kind of aggressive. Like if you see, I don't know, there's this one movie that like there's signs all over the city that say obey, obey, like you have to obey. Like obey in this case is a good thing. It just, it's another word for saying like you have to like listen to them and do what they say. And it's not a bad thing. Like it's something you should do. Now let's say that the government or like the authority above us is not the best of the best. <laughs> Let's say that they don't really like, they don't really use their power wisely. They abuse their power. So God says like, we need to give a respectful and a good response to a bad government. And it doesn't say that like a Christian should only listen to good leaders or only follow good laws. We have to follow the laws and, and the leaders regardless of whether you like them or not, regardless whether like they're good. So in the Bible, there are some examples of this and I'm gonna mention Daniel and his three friends. So they were living under the ruler. His name was Nero. Now Nero, he is not a very nice guy. He made laws that went against God's laws. And he made laws that basically said, if you're Christian, then you need to get set on fire. Like he would actually take these people who were Christian, believed in God, and he would set them on fire. He put them in a furnace, set them on fire. But before he kind of made that into law, he actually set Rome on fire. And to cover his guilt, he blamed it on Christians. He said, it wasn't my fault, it was their fault. And so he made these laws that said, if you're Christian, then you have to get like executed. There was like a bunch of different methods they did this. Like there was one where they would put animal skin on you and then basically feed you to the dogs. They would have these like crazy ravaging dogs come after you and tear you apart. It wasn't very nice. And then they'd also have it where you get, get tossed into the den with lions. And so that brings us to Daniel. And I'm pretty sure we're all familiar with the story about Daniel in the lion's den. And I'll just recap it. So when they took Daniel down to the lion's den, he had an attitude that was one of like, um, acceptance basically like I understand what's gonna happen I'm gonna be okay God's got me and so he was shut in there and he couldn't get out and he was with all these crazy hungry lions and so God had sent down an angel who shut the lion's mouth so the lions couldn't hurt him or harm him eat him whatever so he was basically okay and so the next day when the people came back to see whether he was dead or like what they had done to him they were very surprised to see him standing there unharmed. Not a single scratch was on him. And because Daniel was obedient to the government and obedient to God, God had shown him mercy. And so we're going to go into another story about Daniel's three friends. 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I'm pretty sure I pronounced those correctly. So at this time, they were under the rule of Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar had a law that said, like, you have to worship his idols or you will die. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were like, nuh-uh, dude. We're still going to follow our God and be faithful to our God. And so Nebuchadnezzar, he got really mad. And so he ordered them to be tossed into a furnace. And he wasn't going to make the furnace like, oh, just a little hot. No, he made it seven times hotter than it normally is because he did not like that these people were refusing to follow Nebuchadnezzar's gods. And so despite the fact that they were literally getting threatened to be burnt to death in a furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego still followed God without hesitation. And so Nebuchadnezzar ordered that they would be tossed into that furnace. So the day came and it was like a festival. They were all dressed up to look really nice for the king and they were tied up and they were about to be tossed into the furnace. And so they did get tossed in and Nebuchadnezzar saw this and he said, look, there are four men walking around loosely and the fourth man looks like he could be the son of God. Nebuchadnezzar also wanted to get a closer look. So he said, hey, you three servants of the most high God come here. And so they did. And he saw that not a single head on their hair was scathed. Their whole entire body was completely unharmed. There was not a bruise, not a scratch. No, they didn't even smell like the fire. There was nothing on them. They were completely untouched by that fire. And so Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. And in Daniel chapter 3 verses 28 through 30, he says, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who had sent his angel and delivered his servants who put their trust in him, violating the king's command and yielded up their bodies so as to not serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or tongue that speaks anything offensive against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb and their houses reduced to a rubbish heap, inasmuch as there is no other God who is able to deliver in this way. And finally, in verse 30, it says, Then the king caused Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to prosper in the province of Babylon. So you're probably wondering, well, what does this have to do with respecting authority and teachers and whatnot? Well, if the government is bad, again, we still have to respect the government and still have to follow their laws. And in this case, if we can't obey both God and the government, then we have to choose God over the government. But we have to be respectful about it and good about it and also be willing to fight for God. And so these were some examples of suffering for doing the right thing. And there's even some verses about that. So in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 14 and 17, it says... But, and if ye suffer for righteousness sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. For it is better if the will of God be so, that ye suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. So what it's saying, it's better to suffer for doing the right thing than for doing the wrong thing. But you shouldn't have to suffer at the hands of a really abusive person. So if an authority figure, like, let's, let's say a teacher, if a teacher's like abusing their power, then you need to tell an adult. You should tell an adult that you trust. And again, I'm not a professional. This is just based on my research. Um, so teachers are supposed to help us. They're here to help us and help us learn, and they're not supposed to hurt us. And a school needs to be a safe place to learn. So like, if your teacher's giving you like a lot of work, that's not necessarily an abuse of power because some curriculums require that teachers give X amount of work. But an abuse of power could be like when the teacher is in essence bullying the students. Like, for
For example, the teacher could be picking favorites. Like, this side is their favorite, and this side, she doesn't like this side. And so, they won't allow opportunities for anyone that is not their favorite. Like, they won't, like, let the, that kid answer questions or do anything. So that is one sort of abusive power. Also, like, if the teacher is, like, constantly yelling at students and belittling them, calling them names, like, really mean names, that is definitely emotional and verbal abuse. And regardless of whether it's verbal or physical abuse, abuse is abuse and it should be taken seriously, should not be tolerated, and that teacher should not be allowed to teach anymore. So, yeah, that was my rant. Let's read the verse of the day. And it is Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, and it says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So that was a nice verse all about faith there. Okay, so now let's talk about something that's going on recently. Christmas! So if you are in the beautiful Sunshine State, you will know that it does not look anything like Christmas. <laughs> it still looks like July. Well, we're, we're forever stuck in July, honestly. But... All the Christmas decorations are going up, the lights and everything, it's looking crazy. And so that's going to bring us on to our topic for next week's episode, all about Christmas and the meaning of Christmas. So if you want to hear it, be sure to follow this podcast to be notified as soon as the new episode is released. I release new episodes every single week on Fridays and Saturdays. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you all next week. Peace!